sort of say, welcome back. It's been a while. I've been off a little bit for the last four or five weeks because I had a herniated disc in my neck, actually, but I'm back. I'm George Markoski, and welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski method. Join us. Hello, how you doing? George Markoski, I'm back. And hello. And um, welcome, everyone, Freedom Fighters. Um, everyone listen to us live. If you come come down to, on Facebook, the Australian Property Chat, that's where you're going to find us, and that's where you can interact with us. And um, and I've got some really great guests on tonight. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is, you know, how to get a property in a booming market. There's no surprise at the moment that the market is booming. And I've got a builder on, uh, Justin, who's going to be coming on in a minute from Queensland. And he's had a lot of experience and he's going to be talking to us about what's been happening in the building industry. We've also got one of our regulars, Adam Albright, is going to be coming on later as well. So um, I'm going to put Justin on and say hello. Hey, Justin. How are you? Hey, George. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. How's sunny Queensland? I didn't realise I was actually getting put on and I'm actually feeding my daughter. Okay, there you go. Um, yes, we've got some technical difficulties. So with Adam, so Adam, if you're watching, you need to change your camera uh, because you haven't selected your camera and we can't see you. We don't want to see Adam, George, let's face it. Oh, look, he's been growing his beard for a while. It's looking good. We're waiting for him, but I can see um, I can see his signal's a little bit weak, but we're working on it. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so Justin, you know, how long have you been in the building game for? Uh, 13 years now. Yep, 13 years. Yeah, yep. started out as a salesperson in, in Queensland in the investment space and yep. moved, moved on through that investment space to more high-end, oh, not high-high-end, but uh, medium-high-end type dwellings. Uh-huh, excellent, excellent. And look, um, at the moment, it's gone crazy with the market at the moment and um, a lot of people aren't aware of what's been happening. But um, there's been... Um, a lot of FOMO, you know, people have got this fear of missing out and going crazy trying to buy property at the moment. And um, developers are going crazy, putting their prices up and building costs have gone up. What can you tell us about this? Well, the, the big thing, George, I think, is the, the auction clearance rate. Uh, auction clearance rate in Brisbane have n notoriously been terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, 40%, you know, year on year for forever. Uh you know, as of last weekend, we're getting auction clearance rate in Brisbane and around middle Brisbane of around 80%. So that, that purely actually just tells us straight out that people are just fighting over each other to get whatever they can, whenever they can get it. Yeah. So that is obviously driving up the pure land value. People are looking for knockdowns. They're looking for something just to actually put some, you know, roots into. But the reality is, you know, Fear of missing out is a big thing. Yep, yep, absolutely. And um, the other thing, I suppose, is you know, since since COVID, like the rising cost of building supplies is huge. What I want to do is I just want to share this uh, file with people, just so people can see from what's going on. Um, let's share this file. Share screen. Okay, if you can see the screen now, 
So you look at this rising cost of building supplies. So building items, um, you know, laminated beams, for example, 75% increase. Then you've got prefabricated framing, another 75% increase, trusses, 75%, steel reinforcing, 35%, roofing, 30%. It's just going on and on and on. Uh, timber's gone up 30%. And you add all this up, and it's really become quite expensive to, uh, to build a property. So what's happening at the moment, I suppose, is you know, people that have... Um, People that have um, started to build a property and what with our developers and builders at the moment, and now the building price has gone up. There's a lot of building builders going down, unfortunately, because of they can't afford to actually finish the house. I a lot of that happening. I know a lot of that's happening in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, George, from my from my perspective, what I've what I've heard through. Um, various circles is that quite a lot of builders are trying to get out of contracts. Yep. Um, relevant to the fact they ended a lot of contracts towards the end of last calendar year when the Australian government stimulus has kicked in. Yep. Um, and, and we're talking about big builders, not just like me or like a small, you know, a small little builder. We're talking about big builders have gone, well, we can't actually complete these houses for. Uh, the contracts we've signed them and they, mm -hmm. they're, they're actually giving financial incentives for the clients to get out of those contracts and, yep. and, 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 and moving on. The, the big thing I see moving forward and I've had a conversation relative to one of my own contracts um, with the QVCC recently. Yep. Um, like the client's absolutely pissed off and I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily blame him, but he's just been completely held up and by frame and trust delivery. Um, mm. He wants to try and terminate the contract. And I'm like, well, where does that leave me as the builder in this process? Well, the QBCC have actually said, well, what have you done on site? And I said this. And he said, what have you been paid for? I said that. And he said, well, how can they actually go after me as a builder from the QBCC perspective? So that's one thing. But I don't want that client to do that because he's going to be worse off. I prefer to honour my contract, mm -hmm. move forward and, and, and not have that legacy of me. But I don't know how the big builders who are doing volumes and volumes of houses can keep doing that. Yes, and well... I don't um, think they know then, you know, how bad it currently is. Yes, and, that, and that's the big challenge at the moment because we've got a lack of supply. Building supplies have gone up and it's quite a dangerous time in the marketplace now because if you buy the wrong product that's not going to be ready for another few years, you could actually be in a lot of trouble because um, you may not end up getting a property. Because I know there's a major builder who rescinded, what was it, 500 contracts Australia-wide? Was that what it was? I don't want to mention the name. But, it was actually yep. 1,500 in Queensland. 1,500 in Queensland. They rescinded 1,500 in Queensland, right? That's what they've been doing. And the thing is, this is the challenge. Because um, a build, something hasn't finished being built yet, the costs have gone up. They've already got a contract for a certain amount. And if, for people that aren't familiar with contract law, what I want to do is just explain how contracts work because this is one of the most important things that people don't realise. Because a contract is not a contract until it's unconditional. 
and have money, some sort of money has been exchanged. So um, in contract law in Australia, because we actually, our law system goes back to um, England back in the old days of common law, and that's the way it works. So when two parties enter a contract, what happens is you've got this little thing that you've written down, but then what has to happen is there needs to be an exchange. Like someone has to pay some money, and then you got conditional contracts. So if you buy a property and say, okay, I want to buy this property subject to finance, that means that until that subject to finance clause is fulfilled, you don't actually have a contract. And if you don't get finance by that certain date, then the developer can take the contract off you. Two, also, if you get finance going conditional, then they can't take the contract off you. So what's happening is a lot of people out there think they've got a contract, but they haven't because it's not a conditional and they're losing their property, right? And this is the one thing that's happening there. Um, so that's one place where the builders can't really do anything because they're stuck, they're caught in that contract. Is that correct, Justin? Correct. Spot on. The, the biggest issue we've got right now is we're locked into a contract under the terms of either HIA, the Master Builders, and or a QBCC contract. There's also the Australian Standards, but most residential builders won't use an Australian Standards contract. Yeah. But... There's no, unless you've provisioned for it, i.e. as a provisional sum or a prime cost item, as a builder, you can't actually, you honor, you have to honour that contract. There's yep. no there's no grey area around it. Yep. You can obviously talk to your clients and say, can you help me out here? But the reality is that they've got no obligation whatsoever under that terms of that contract to actually... Say, okay, well, the frames have gone up 100% um, since we signed that contract that we're going to help you out. Yeah. So, yep. a, lot, a lot of builders right now, especially, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating to a degree here, but there's a lot of builders out there who'll build 50 to 75 homes a year who have been killing it because they signed so many contracts once that $25,000 home building boost came through. Yep. So, they probably are just rolling through and rolling through and rolling through. And because they've got the momentum through the market, they probably don't know how much those price increases have actually affected them throughout the last 12 months. Yeah. They've got a flow-on effect. That's right. So the thing is, the, the, the one thing I guess we've got to be careful of is the writing's in the wall. A lot of builders are going to go broke. I spoke to my accountant uh, two weeks ago, just, like, just doing my end of financial year stuff and – he told me the week before, eight builders went broke the week before. Yep. Wow. There okay. you go. Just the week before. The week, just the week before. Not, yep. not, not talking about anything in longevity, just that particular week. Yep. And, so, and, this, and this, is, uh, this is the problem. This is the challenge because what people have to realise is one of the things we discuss and talk about it at Positive Property is one is about getting the top 100 suburbs. There's 16,000 suburbs around Australia. And what we do is we want to get the top 100 suburbs. And that's one of the key equations because where you buy is so important to make money. And we've got that down pat. Now, the other challenge is a lot of people don't realise is actually the second part of the equation, and that's choosing the right builder. That's actually going to actually be able to deliver the product. And a lot of people don't realise that. You can't just go on realestate.com and choose a builder out of anywhere because you don't know if they're going to be here in 12 months or 24 months or anything. 
You don't know if they have provision for the property price going up and everything else like that. So there's a lot of variables at the moment. And really, you know, you've got to do your due diligence, be really careful who you deal with because it's going to be hard. And look, and the, and the thing is, this is the fact. No one saw this black swan coming. You know, um, uh, Nicholas Taleb, he says, you know, the black swan event. There's the one black swan event because the last time we had a pandemic was 1918, which is 100 years ago. So who in the world would have thought we would have had this big COVID pandemic and this would have happened? So not a lot of people provisioned for this happening. No one expected it to happen. And what happened was when COVID hit, everyone was saying property price is going to go down and blah, 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 blah. And they got it all wrong. Now, you know, I, I, I was saying from the beginning, it's going to be a V-shaped recovery. There's going to be a little bit of a dip, but then it's going to be a massive upswing, as there always is. Every time there's a drop in the Australian real estate market, there's a massive compensation going up. So, you know, we saw that, but I didn't even myself foresee that prices of building materials were going to go up because um, of what happened recently. So I was surprised as well. And I think a lot of people were surprised. You know, I know there were some builders that are buying, you know, steel, tons of steels from New Zealand and places like that and things like that just to keep going. Is that correct, Justin? Well, I, I haven't heard about the steel. I haven't had, I haven't had an issue with uh, steel shortages. I can get steel relatively easily. It's yep. more about it's more about actually the price of the steel. Um, I I've got a job right now in Holland Park in Brisbane, and the the quote for steel as of plans in February this year was four thousand eight hundred for the structural steel in the job. Uh, now it's now I'm only actually putting the frame up now because of delays in supply of frame and trusses. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the cost of the steel's nearly seven thousand dollars, so it's not actually the supply of; it's more about the price of in the, in the structural steel perspective. Yes, you get, that, you, you get that in the slabs as well. Obviously, for the you know your, your SL eighty two or whatever Rio's actually called for in the engineering, all that adds up. Yep, yep. I, I, I think uh, this builder, what they did is because timber, they couldn't get timber frames twelve months. There was a 12-month delay. They decided to import 100 tonnes of steel from New Zealand so they could keep building, oh. right? So... Is that in Queensland? Yep, in Queensland, a builder in Queensland that I know. Um, they've imported 100 tonnes of steel so they don't get caught up this whole... Because I think it's a 12-month wait on wooden frames at the moment, if not longer. Oh, I'm, if I order a new job today, on March. Yep. I, I'll, I'll get a frame in March, but in saying that... Uh, floor systems for two-storey dwellings. Yep. Um, I was expecting some jobs to be delivered in November, and Dindus, as a supplier, put them back to Jan end of January. Yeah. So it's it it is a supplier by supplier, case by case scenario. It is it's messy. It's very messy. Yep. Yep. And um, what have, what have, we've got a question here. They're saying, what are the government doing to get product in so builders don't go broke, especially as they promoted it through grants. Well, the, the big thing is, like, I, I use a particular company for my frames and trusses in, in Queensland. Mm -hmm. um, they, we, we're, we have a shortage of Australian pine at the moment because yep. of the bush the bushfires of the beginning of 2020. Yep. Uh, my, my frame and truss manufacturer is now invested in a machine that can better press current Australian pine, so less aged pine. Mm -hmm. So... Even as an individual business based in Brisbane, they are doing stuff to try and circumvent 
the shortages of supply. Yep. So, like, everyone's trying to be as inventive, as creative as they can. Everyone wants to keep doing business. No one wants to shut their doors. So, you know, my, my, my frame and trust company I use, like, if they don't get, have material, they can't provide their clients and they can't, they can't keep employing people. So they're being inventive in what they're doing and they're investing in that process. So yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I hope other, you know, other builders and suppliers are doing the same sort of thing. So you just got to, the biggest thing for, from my perspective is just actually sending out to my clients the industry information. That's the information that comes from Master Builders, that comes from the QBCC. Mm-hmm. So yep. if they don't trust that, well, they don't trust anything anyway. So it's almost like a moot point. Yep, yep. If we can continue to try and keep communication as open as possible and clients trusting the process, like, we'll be okay. But, like, I'm talking about how I'm trying to operate our business, not necessarily how other builders are operating theirs. Yes, that's right. And... Uh... So uh, the thing is, I mean, timing now it takes a lot longer because I know we've got quite a few clients been waiting for properties to get finished and it's taken a long time. What's the average time from a start to finish standard house build single story now? Oh, well, I, I can't give you a definitive answer on the single, a low set single story because I'm, I'm now building houses like two, 350 square metre two-storey houses is, is my normal house. Yep. But I was, used, I was doing those in about six to seven months, twelve months yep. ago. Yep. And then then they're nine to they're nine to eleven. Yep. So yep. That like there's just definitive holdups. But what you what you can't what you can't do at the moment is give definitive on frames. That's almost impossible. Yep. Yep. Adam, h- hello, welcome, boys. Hello. Adam. How are you? I've had to use my laptop because my laptop has um, decided not to work. That's all right, mate. Welcome, welcome. Um, hey, Justin, sorry to put you on the spot there and throw you straight in the deep end, bud. Yeah, thanks, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a trial by fire. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is the George Markowski comeback show, actually, because I've been away for six weeks because uh, I've had a bulging disc. So I'm glad to have you both on board to help me go through this and talk about what's happening um, around Australia at the moment. This is... This is something that's very important that people need to know because a lot of people don't realise what's going on. And um, and I'm, I'm glad you guys are both there because you've both got some great experience. You know what's happening. Because I just wanted to talk about, there's a major builder in Queensland and they put their prices up 40000 or $200,000 build in the last 12 months, yeah. right? And prices are forecast to go up 7% over the next 12-month period. So if your land is ready to start construction in 12 months, the builder is going to add allowances for delaying construction. And the main issue South Eastern Queensland is facing is actually lack of land availability. I mean, there's no land, is there? There's no land. I mean, what is it, 12 months now to registration date where it's available? And, and that's if you can even get land, um, which is 12 months away. A lot of it they're saying that it's coming, it's coming. But because we've had such a big boom, the prices have just gone through the roof. People are buying them. But... Councils um, just can't keep up with all the permits. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I mean, look, everything from the pre-site council approves to raw material delivery, you know, 
bricks, cabinetry, roofing, labour is even running behind forecast dates because there's not enough labour. There's not enough people to build houses, is there? Yeah, well, well, Justin and I were talking about this earlier today. Justin can get like a labourer on site that used to be like about $25 an hour and now he's paying $43 an hour for a labourer. Or what, what's a chippy worth, Justin, about $50 an hour? Uh, on, a, on a part-time basis, yeah, like on a casual basis. Yeah, chippy on a casual basis. Bucks. Yeah, but and now – yep, sorry, go. If you want to That's, actually – well, this is this is where it comes back to a whole business decision perspective and there's no right or wrong answer here, but like a first-year chippy, so straight out of his apprenticeship first year, you can get for about $27 an hour. But you still need to employ somebody who can supervise that and have a trade contractor's licence to cover off what they're doing. You know, yep. so the big issue we had in Southeast Queensland in the last 12 months is a lot to do with the storms we had last oh, September, October that really smashed, um, you know, the whole Browns Plains, Springfield Lakes area. Yes. So roofers, we didn't have a huge increase in price of roofing materials at the beginning of this year, but the actual roofers... We're getting paid a fortune by insurance companies to go rep- repatriate damaged roofs. Mm. So, like, to get labour to put a roof on a new residential house went through the roof, literally. So <laughs> I, used, I used an example with George before. I had a, had a job quoted for a roof late last year. It was $9,000 for a roof. It was a wow. part renovation, part new build. The price for that today is $21,000. So that's well over 100% increase in, in prices. Yeah, correct. That's right. And look, the other thing is, I mean, we still haven't had the effects of the Olympic Games. Yeah. Because, you know, we've got, we've got all, we've got, um, there's going to be a massive boom of commercial construction, civil construction in southeastern Queensland for the Olympic Games, which is going to be going in 2030, uh, 2032. Now, normally Olympic Games, they cost around about $5 billion. You know what I mean? That's a lot of money coming in. So you could imagine one thing, you know, all these people working in the building industry are making more money, which is great because they've got more money to spend, which builds the economy. But then we're going to, we're going to, they're going to be even more money then once their infrastructure. So building price is going to go up even more because you're going to have too much competition. Well, now, well yep. it's, it's the greed factor. Well, I don't like saying it, but it is the greed factor relevant to the whole process. So we have a situation right now where where tradies and suppliers are actually making a killing, and they love it. Like it, well, it, it's like um, Twiggy Forrest in iron ore. You know, all of mm-hmm. a sudden his price goes from a hundred dollars a ton to two hundred and five dollars a ton yeah. in supplying iron ore. He hasn't mm-hmm. done anything different. He's done everything exactly the same he's always done for the last 30 years, but all of a sudden he's making double the amount of money. So you've got a, a really big circumstance where trades can put their prices up and they and probably fundamentally they deserve it. You know, like I'm not going to argue against trades making money. The problem is in a, in a, as a builder and in your guy's situation where you, and, and how that does that pass on to the valuations and to the banks? That's another big hitter we face currently. Who's dealing with that aspect of it and who's making that decision? Because mm. 
just because, well, and I use this example of Adam earlier today, I built a big house with an attached granny flat for a family member in Holland Park in, in September, was well, started in September 2018. And it was probably a $550,000 contract, which equated to about $1,350 a square metre, which was, even three years ago, it was probably on the high side of stuff. That same house today would probably cost circa $2,000 a square metre to build. So that's a huge increase. And yeah. so, yeah, exactly. Now, so people are saying, how does this impact capital growth? Good question. And I'd like to um, start that. But, well, one thing, I mean, the deal is capital growth is a pure function of supply and demand. There's nothing else there to it. When there's more supply and demand, capital growth doesn't go up. And when there's more demand, less supply, capital growth happens. That's what capital growth means, you know, because it's a bit like, you know, if someone, everyone wants a certain thing and there's not enough of it, there's less supply, it's going to go up in value. Now, there's a very lack of properties. And because building costs have gone up, land's taking so long to register, that's just going to put more pressure on property price to go up. Now, you know, I want people to remember this and write this down because this is important. And, you know, because what happened was if you look back, back in the mining boom, back in the 2000s, and if you look at the average price of a property in Sydney compared to Perth, it was $1,000 per square metre difference, right? Now, a, a, a Sydney is like triple the price. Brisbane, right? At the moment, if you look at Brisbane, it is the cheapest buying there is. It is so cheap. Because Brisbane, I believe, is going to be back in, in, in the big boys. Because you've got, you've got two capitals here. You've got Sydney and Melbourne, the two big players. And then you've got Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth sort of lagged behind. What's happened is, you know, Perth came up and, start, and joined Melbourne and Sydney as the three most expensive at all similar prices. Perth was actually more expensive than Melbourne at one stage. It was. Right, so that's how that's how powerful Perth started punching with the commodity boom, but Perth dropped back down again. Now, you watch this replay in five to ten years' time, and you look at Brisbane, and if you haven't bought property in Brisbane, you're going to kick yourself. You're going to be going, "What the hell did I do?" Because what's going to happen is Brisbane is going to be, if not more, but the same price as Melbourne, at least, if not more. Well, George, let us throw a few few numbers around. For yeah. example, townhouses that you were putting your clients into in 2021 in in a suburb called Dulandella, they were yep. sitting at around 330. They're now sitting at 450. That's a hundred and twenty thousand dollar up in less than 12 months. Less, less than 12 months. Less than 12 months. Sydney wow. Downs has gone from 447 to 600. That's 153,000 in 12 months. Callum Vale in 019 was 414. Now it's 579. That's 165,000 since 2019. So yeah. this is this trend is only set to continue and keep going upwards on an up, upward spiral. Look, I think I, I could imagine that we went through the numbers recently and I'll do this, but um, if you look at all our clients over the last two years, they've all made a minimum of 90,000 per property in the last two years. 
So I'm talking, you know, 30, 40% return. It's crazy. I just put out like those ones today and all of them, 120 was the lowest and that was for a $330,000 investment. They've made 120,000. 126, 153, 165. I can't find anyone who's who hasn't made $100,000. Yeah, exactly. And this is just the beginning. So the thing is, you know, if you look at the property clock, the property clock at the moment, so... If you can imagine a property clock, um, what's happening is you've got 12 o'clock at the top, 6 o'clock at the bottom. And as you know, what we do is we normally buy around 7 o'clock. Now, 7 o'clock is known as a seller's market, right? Because the buyer's market is between 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock. And from 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock is a seller's market. So what most people do, most people want to buy in a buyer's market. Because in a buyer's market, what happens is you can go in and you can negotiate and get a get a, get a really good deal. Take your time, you know, pick the eyes out of your property. But the problem is, the properties are going down, so you're catching a falling knife because you might have bought it at one o'clock, or two o'clock, or three o'clock, or four o'clock, and that's where most will buy in a buyer's market. Now we do things differently. We want to buy in a seller's market. A lot of people say, "Why would you do that?" This is like classic Warren Buffett investing. You know, the way Warren Buffett, Buffett invests in America in stocks, I invest in property in Australia because what happens is at 7 o'clock, property is going up. They've still got all the way to 12. So that's a seller's market. In a seller's market, you've got to try to get those deals and capture them and buy it because property price is going up. But you're catching it on the way up and it pushes you all the way up. And that's what's been happening in the last few years. I've been telling people. And people have been catching these properties, you know, buying them at 7 o'clock. Now it's 8 o'clock, guys. Right? Just letting you know, it's not 7 o'clock anymore. Is 8 o'clock still a good time to buy it? Yes, it is. We're going to keep buying until 11. So we've got time. So jump in because it's still 8 o'clock. So I've got a lot of people asking questions here. Your properties are costing so much to build. How does that impact their valuations? Do banks factor in the higher cost of building supplies? Good question. That's what Justin was just sort of um, talking about a couple of minutes ago. So, yeah, um, I think we need to – I think a, a lot of our work moving forward is to um, educate these, these these valuers who go out and put valuations on and show them um, how much building price has gone up, how much labour has gone up um, because if they just went on – like Justin said, the old figures are thirteen fifty, but that same house costs $2,000 to build. Well, you're six fifty per square metre upside down to start with. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the big thing about it is from a, a property investment perspective is that the reality is that if you've got a property, an investment property in any form, house, townhouse, or obviously not an apartment in any inner city in Queensland, Sydney, or Melbourne at the moment. So apartment any TPD in Australia, actually. Yep. Yeah, anywhere in Australia, yeah. But anywhere there, there's actually some land associated with it, there's value in it. There's value in the land. Like it's it's astronomical, obviously, in our own well, my own market, which is obviously the Brisbane area. And you, you've really got to be comfortable with the fact that you might be what you, you're paying probably over the odds. What you might think is over the odds in, yes. in value for a block of land, knock down a house and build a specky or you know, or just or, or buy 
I'm building two houses right now in Algesta for a developer who sold out his estate in about 32 seconds. Yeah. But when he developed the land, he thought the land was at Al- this is Algesta, right? You know, near Callumvale in Queensland. Yep. So it's probably about 13, 14 kilometres from the city. But it's yep. still know the area really well. Nice yep. up, nice up. But, yep. but, but in Brisbane terms, that's still a long way out. It seems like a long way out. Sorry, it might be 20 k's out. It might yep. not. I don't, I don't know the exact dynamic dimensions. But the long story cut short is that when he bought the land, he's going to develop it into 30 lots. He was expecting to get about 270 to 290 a block. It actually got held up because of council shit. Excuse my language. And yep. he ended up getting high threes to 400 per lot. Well, he's like, he made an extra 100 grand a block. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Because they hold up. See, a lot, because a lot of the council hold up. So yeah, it. I know. See, you never know. Sometimes this blessing is disguised. Someone said, uh, how much has Palabar gone up? Um, I'll have to do research and come back to that. Uh, I, well, think, I think I, over I 100 actually, grand. I actually know, I know Palabar reasonably well. It really depends on which part of Capalaba, because Capalaba, believe it or not, is is a bit like the the old, you know, uh, Stretton Callumvale Parkinson story. If you guys know it well, is that they're they're in the same they're the same place, but one's called Stretton, one's called Callumvale, one's called Parkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, same postcode that works. Well, Capalaba has the same postcode as Chandler, so depending on whereabouts in Capalaba. Uh, you, you actually got astronomical growth because it's Chandler. So what, what would you say, Justin, on an average know, half a million dollar townhouse or something? What would you up to six hundred thousand now? Or are they kind of well, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in that sort of category, category okay. mate. I'd actually, I'd actually more put it towards. It was probably a four hundred thousand dollar townhouse. It's probably now five hundred thousand. Okay. Yep. There you, you go. Know, like that, that type of. That's Space. yeah, about a hundred grand. About a hundred grand. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yep. But, um, so, but one yep. one of the things we all have to pull it back to is that land costs more, building costs more. Yes, that's so right. We, and, we, and that's we tend to go back to the valuation issues. That's if your investors currently have property, they need to be educated to say, I want to talk to my bank, I want to create this equity, and what can I do with it. Exactly, exactly. Because there's so much equity there, but the challenge is there's, you know, one thing is having equity. Another thing is actually realising the equity through the banks, which is and hard. To, and how to use it. Exactly. And how to use it. And, and that's um, one thing I want to talk about. And we're going to be going for a whole session next week about how to extract the most equity out of your property, which is going to be very exciting because yeah. it's very important. Because I've actually, I've done an experiment and it's interesting. I mean, sometimes we'll do three, you know, we'll do 10 townhouses in one block, they're all next to each other. And each one, you know, we had three of them valued by the same valuation company and all three of them came at a different value. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's, it's absolutely crazy. From the same company too, which is crazy. Yeah. But um, So someone's saying, if there's a big lag in registering properties, if you buy off the plan, are those properties finishing the time that was contracted or are they taking longer to build? How do you protect yourself from a development taking longer than contracted too? Well, that's probably adjustable. Every building contract has got um, liquidated damage, damages. Some builders put in 26 weeks, other builders put in 50 weeks. Um, once you get over that period, the builder then pays you liquidated damages. But what would be an average building contract? 
So 200 square metre single level house. Well, I would have, I've, I've gone from, I would say gone from six months to nine months. That's what you had allowed under your Six contract. to nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was what? It was four, five? Uh, oh, mate. If, if you, if, like even even before the COVID before COVID, had, yeah, before COVID, you, you know, sixteen to twenty weeks to build a, a low set two two hundred square meter house. So, so it's almost double. So it's almost yeah, double basically. Okay. And like the, the biggest issue we have is there's just no control over it. The best thing we can do as builders is keep communicating. So, well, how long is it taking you to get timber? Like your um, um, prefab trusses, okay. frames? So I had a job I was due for delivery in the last week of July. July. Uh, yeah, when did you book it? When did you book it? January. Okay. Yeah, just kept getting pushed back. And it got delivered two weeks ago tomorrow, the lower frame. Um. Yeah, it's 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 a bit scary, and I, and I'm a small builder, like I don't do a huge amount of volume. Um, mm -hmm. I do I do bigger houses, yes, but smaller volume. Yeah. And but I've heard that the same as that Al Jester I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. and I was only actually laying the slab. Well, the slab was basically laid on my first house there of, of two for the developer. Last week, and it's now going to be laid tomorrow, subject to our rain. We currently got it's raining. Um, you know, like I booked that, I booked that frame in last November, so I've actually had to just like keep pushing back and find a, find a slot for it. You know, so I, because it was in the in the in the system, I was able to keep pushing it back. But new jobs coming in, they're they're like it's almost like a lottery. Of when you can get them, and how you can deal with your current suppliers. So Adam, like, you know, like, like a particular project I'm doing at the moment, and I worked out that with one supplier I could not get those that those frames and trusses until frames, trusses, and forces for February next year. So I I used an alternate supplier to try and find an alternative, and it worked. So I was able to get them in November. Off chance, lucky. Okay. I was able to do it. Okay. Yeah. Now, the thing is, um, if you look at um, Australia's GDP, and we've actually got a massive trade surplus at the moment. So we're getting more money coming in than going out, which means there's more people with more money. Even though we're $80 billion better off as a society in people's bank accounts since last year, since COVID hit, yeah. we're about to get even more money. So when there's more wealth, it's going to rub off on properties. And basically, the, the takeaway for this is, one, you know, if you're not investing in property, you know, you can't make money out of property if you're not in it. And maybe it's going to 8 o'clock and a lot of people are going, shit, I missed the 7 o'clock market. And I'm saying, well, 8 o'clock is good, good enough to get in there because it's going to be 9 o'clock, then 10 o'clock, and then 11 o'clock, it's going to be too late. And, you know, if you had a time machine in 10 years' time, you'd want to go back to now and buy a shitload of property in Brisbane. The challenge is, one, you better choose the top 100 suburbs. Two, pick the right builder, because if you get the wrong builder, you're going to be in a world of pain. It's going to be bad. You know, you can't just pick any old builder. There's going to be a lot of um, 
research that we have to do. I think we're going to be talking about this um, at the Inner Circle, correct, Adam, about the research that you need to do when it comes to builders and things like that because it's so important because picking the right suburb, you've got one part of the equation, picking the right builder is the next part and then getting the right structure. So therefore it pays for itself and you don't have to pay a cent. But property price is so cheap at the moment. You know, seriously, if you're watching this right now and you haven't invested yet or if you're thinking about it, you know, type in hashtag um, team call and get one of our team, um, book in to talk to one of our team to see if they can help you because you'll be kicking yourself if you haven't done this because, you know, this is one of those things. You know, back in, back in 2008, after GFC, back in 2009, whenever the prices dropped, you know, I was going through this exact same thing, telling people, hey, now's the time to invest. Now, the people that invested 2009, 2010, they've more than doubled their money, right? Now, it's going to happen quicker. You know, you watch this space. You know, you think Sydney and Melbourne expensive? Wait till you move to Brisbane. This Friday, Melbourne is stopping their restrictions. What do you think is going to happen? Maybe what's going to happen, people are going to get out of Melbourne and go, right. they're heading north. They're heading to Queensland. They really are. I actually, I personally know a few people that are doing it as well. George, I know five families who are moving up from Melbourne at Christmas time this year, and they're coming up with their their pockets full of cash and they're buying, you know, whatever they can find up here. And they don't give a crap because they're moving. Everyone's leaving Melbourne to move to Queensland. Uh, What's going to happen is Brisbane's going to be the new Melbourne, but sunnier and better. Yeah, and warmer. (laughs) And warmer, but it, it really is. I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of people from Adelaide have moved to uh, Brisbane as well. But Melbourne is people leaving Melbourne in droves, and now they're finding about to leave. Now the restrictions are over, they're going to get the hell out. Dan Andrews has not done a good job. <laughs> um, everyone's like had enough of being in prison for the last twelve months. It's crazy. Seventy-seven weeks, I think it was. Seventy-seven weeks. In lockdown, is it longest in the world, wasn't it? Yeah, Melbourne yeah. Was in the most lockdown city, city in the world. Right? <laughs> you like, must be sick of it if anyone's down in Melbourne right now. Look, I mean, the deal is when it first started, you sort of you get locked down, you think, okay, we've got a lockdown, we're over. Then you get locked down again. And each time, people are thinking, okay, it's going to be over. If they said 77 weeks, everyone would have said, get the fuck out, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I'm gone. But what they did. If they did it a little bit of a bit, right? Um, shouldn't investors look at Melbourne then, or would it be a risky idea? Okay, let me try to get this straight again, guys. We like to buy in a seller's market. People leaving Melbourne makes Melbourne a buyer's market because property prices are not going to be going up as much because there's less population, so we don't want to do that, right? If you look at if you compare the price of Melbourne to Brisbane. There's so there's so much disparity. What we're looking for, we're looking for that gap, right? We're not looking to buy retail, which is what Melbourne is at the moment. We want to buy wholesale, which is Brisbane at the moment. So I keep finding that gap, and that's why we keep moving around Australia because Brisbane's not going to always be the number one place. I'm already looking at my next place, and I'll be announcing that soon. But still, Brisbane's still the best place at the moment, but you've got to go in there. Don't, you know... Don't touch Melbourne and Sydney. They've already had their boom. They're already done. They're full. They're, they're to the chockers. Let's wait for them. Because the problem with Melbourne, Melbourne's a one o'clock market, right? One o'clock is not what you want to buy. You want to buy at seven o'clock in the morning, seven, eight, nine o'clock. 
that little little triangle down the bottom on the left of that clock, that's where you want to buy. George, hey, George, hey, George, 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 and Adam, sorry, if, if I can just cut in here about it's specifically what George, what you're saying there, relevant to buying in the right time of the market, is now's the right time because the reality is Brisbane is going to keep keep growing. There's no question it about is. it. Absolutely no question about it. Oops, my camera's just gone off. All right. We got you. I was just going to say about Melbourne. We, 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 we might get a plateau in Brisbane in 12 to 18 months' time, but between today and that next 12 to 18 months, we're going to have growth of some description because there's so much slow-mo out there in Brisbane. A lot of that's being by, driven by interstate migration and people going, crap, I was going to wait another three or four years before I could get back into the, in the city of Brisbane because they're living in, they're living in you know, that, that outer ring and they wanted to come in. I mean, it's just become too expensive. But they just can't do it. They're, they're just biting the bullet. Okay. Um, you guys keep going. I'm going to have to set up my camera. I don't know what's going on. Have you handed the keys over to us, George? Justin's got your, got your hands full there. My, my daughter, my four-year-old daughter just found a spider. She wasn't happy. She found a spider. Yeah. <laughs> Are your kids scared? I'm sure everyone can forgive her for that. Yeah, yeah. My, my little fella loves um, ants at the moment. He loves to watch ants and chase ants around the place. It's very good. Well, maybe we should maybe ask, answer some questions. Facebook users, I'm guessing. If George has left us in charge. Um, investors in Melbourne's hot market, too hot. Have you bought anything in Melbourne at any time? Yeah, I've bought Melbourne. I've got Melbourne in my portfolio. Um, Justin, have you ever purchased in Melbourne? I, I did some commercial stuff in Melbourne probably six or seven years ago, mm -hmm. and I did really well out of it. Yeah, um, I, I haven't done residential in Melbourne. I must admit. So yeah, I've, I've done well out of Melbourne, but I I bought back in the late '90s, and I bought three Ks from the city, so that was a pretty good investment, which I still own. And another one, I bought a um, a thousand square meter block, um, like fifty Ks from the city, and I've still kept that one too, and that's that's gone up quite a lot as well. But I, I don't follow the Melbourne market as much as um, Southeast Queensland. It's just, and you don't get good returns down there. Like if you've got a property worth, let's just say it's worth five hundred thousand, you might only get three fifty to four hundred um, dollars a week rent. Just to get into the market. Well, I'm just going to look at that question that just came up. Back when COVID started, I personally thought that um, prices were going to drop. I thought the world's in trouble. We're all going down the down the drain. Property prices are going to steady or, or you know, just sit steady while COVID happened. And the total opposite happened. Um, since COVID started, prices have just gone through the roof. So I think it's very hard to, um, you know, when you say... Would you buy now? I think, yeah. I don't think there is a wrong time to buy. 
I can't, I can't see these questions, Adam, if you want me to help respond to them. So. Okay. I've just got some questions popping up on the side here. If okay. Is, okay, George. Um, can you see me? Um, if you can keep going, Adam, I'm still working on my camera. <laughs> I was just going through a few questions. Yeah, and, yeah go for it. Go for it. Go through the questions. That's fine. We're going to get this camera working one way or the other. I think I kicked the cable. Um, so if building supplies are going up, does this affect body corporate fees on townhouses? No, because the townhouses are already built and your body corporate's there to more um, look after your maintenance and ongoing insurance. It'll affect, it'll, affect, it'll affect the insurance, though. Yeah, you think the insurance will go up? It will have, it'll have tiny, to have Tiny, tiny bit. Cover, cover total replacement. Yep. Yeah. But so, so what will they need to do? They'll have to get valuers out to revalue the cost to replace the buildings, I'm guessing. Correct. Exactly. So, yeah, but you know, it depends on how many townhouses you have in your complex as to how much, if it's shared over 100 townhouses or 50 townhouses, you might be talking a couple of dollars a week. Exactly. It's not going to make a massive difference, actually. No, not really like, uh, basically, because the difference I, I, is I just actually, my, my opinion is because of the way that townhouses are now built with, like, really good intertenancy wall systems for fire and stuff like that. It should be very marginal, and yep. that whole intertenancy wall system should offset a lot of insurance issues. Whether the insurance underwriters agree with me, I can't. I can't yeah. answer. But the, time will tell. the fact of it is, whenever your property price goes up, your insurance goes up in proportion. But also, no, but it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter if it's doesn't matter if it's some um, strata body corporate or it's your normal insurance. It's still the same thing. Well, if, you, if you're on your home with living, if everyone looks at their own individual insurances for their own house, yep. To this day, insurance companies will put up the value of that house every year, whether you like yeah, it or not. Yeah, you like it or not. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So that's that, right. That, that's a, a big reality, and you know, and as a in a Brisbane market, you know, full well we went through periods of time where we might have only had like one percent growth per annum, but mm. they still put them up. Insurance premiums up five percent to, to cover them. Exactly, that's the way it works. And um, yes, that's right. So, guys, look, um, our time is up, and we're going to have to move to our inner circle and talk to our inner circle group. Guys, thank you so much for everyone joining me. Um, Justin, thank you so much. Adam, I really yeah, appreciate you both coming yeah. on. That's Thanks, been great. Um, you can, you can us in the circle. Because what I want to do in the inner circle is we're going to go through our in a circle and really talk about the nitty gritty and talk about a few strategies and how you can counter that. But also we've all this doom and gloom about, you know, talking about property price going up and, you know, insurance going up and building price going up. There's actually quite a few opportunities now because what you can do is if you buy something that's already pre-built, um, then that's already got inbuilt in it an actual profit you can make because building prices have gone up. And I talk about that strategy and we've got a lot of clients using that at the moment that have made dollars $150,000, even before they settled. We had one client, his name's Steve. He actually, well, he's in Queensland. Adam, he did a, did a deal recently for his daughter. 
And that hey, Steve's done a couple, hasn't he? Yep, yep, he's done a couple, but the one with his daughter, especially that one, um, that went up about 150,000. He hasn't even bought it yet. Is that the one, Doolan Della or Sippy Downs? Um, I think it's Doolan Della. So Sippy Downs went up too, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, what I'm going to talk about to people in the circle. So, guys, quickly before we finish, if you want to talk to our team and really find out about investing in property, see if it's right for you. If you want to jump on this boom now, I suggest you type in hashtag team chat and one of our team members will reach out to you and have a chat to you and see if you qualify and tech to talk about what we do. You know, what what my overarching goal is, you know, we want to, I want to empower 10,000 Australians to create financial freedom using property, using the Mikoski method. And we're well on our way. And um, I really want to get to that 10,000. So if you're, if you're interested, type in hashtag team call and we'll give you a we'll talk to you in the chat, reach out to you and see if you're right. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks guys. We're gonna get onto our weekly shirt. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful. And please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand the information I share is of a general nature only and is not taking into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisor has actually achieved the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, and provide all the things you dream of for you and your family. Thank you.